And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, where they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts you'll ever need for your vehicle. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. You got a very special podcast coming up today, talking a lot about Isaiah Joe and some Razorback football. And there's really nobody that can do it better than my first guest. And I want to welcome in Andrew Hutchison of hogbeat.com, friend of the podcast, friend of the show, and does a great job. You can follow him at Twitter at NWA Hutch. Andrew, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Well, I'm another day closer to hopefully getting a football season, so I, I can't complain, John. Man, I'm telling you, it feels like it's right there, but yet there's still some uncertainties, which we'll talk about here in just a second, because uh, I think that there's plenty of things to talk about when it comes to Razorback football. But we'll start instead with the big news that I know many Razorback fans are excited about and excited to see what happens, and that is the news that happened over the weekend of Isaiah Joe returning for his junior season at the University of Arkansas. So I'll just start right there with you, Andrew. When you heard this news, what was your initial reaction? Well, I was shocked, to be honest. I had been pretty, you know, 50-50 throughout the summer on, you know, split on whether or not he's going to come back or uh, stay in the draft. And so, uh, but the last week, I would say, like, whenever news broke that he had gotten invited to the Combine and, you know, word kind of started leaking out that from people that, you know, you would think might know that he was maybe uh, not going to come back. And so I – I had already prepared a story and had it ready to go for him leaving and staying in the draft. Uh, it was a very amateur mistake by me to not go ahead and also prepare a story for if he was coming back. Uh, so luckily, whenever I saw the news uh, right after it came out, I'd actually just set my got my eight-month-old daughter down for a nap uh, and had sat on the couch to relax. And I saw the news. And I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Let's Let's get this. Uh, you know, out there and distributed because I know Arkansas fans are are very excited. And it's not often, as you know, following Arkansas your entire life, that these type of decisions turn out in Arkansas's favor. Usually it's the other way, guys leaving, maybe leaving a little early, and it, and it leaves Arkansas in a bind. But this was a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because that was like my initial reaction too because I was like, man, this, is, this isn't a – this isn't the Arkansas way here. This is this usually it goes bad for them, but yet here we are. It seems like the roster is pretty much set, and we know the excitement that comes in from the recruiting class and then add in the transfers. It just all seems to be coming together, but they got to put it together on the court. And I think the craziest thing about this, Andrew, is like Isaiah Joe, we know and seen, and we've seen Desi Sills and maybe a couple of other guys that may play some role minutes, but this Razorback basketball team is going to be a completely and totally different team next year that it almost makes you a little nervous because you know how talented they are on paper, but yet these are a bunch of guys, at least for the most part, have never played together in an Arkansas uniform before. Yeah, I mean, only three of the 13 scholarship players have ever played in an Arkansas uniform. That's, of course, Isaiah Joe, Desi Sills, and Ethan Henderson. And beyond that, you've got a bunch of new guys. I mean, you got three guys who set out last year as transfers. You have three graduate transfers coming in this offseason. And then you add the four, four signees, the four freshmen that are coming in. And, you know, Isaiah Joe talked about it a little bit on his uh, meeting with the media uh, Monday afternoon, talking about 
he's he's played with a lot of these guys before because a lot of them are from Arkansas. I think eight of them uh, played high school ball in Arkansas, and they've played together, uh, you know, through travel ball and things like that. They played against each other. So there's at least a little bit of chemistry there. Uh, but the one thing that makes me a little less uh, nervous, I guess you could say, is because this group is going to be coached by Eric Musselman, and, and this is what he does. I mean, this is what he did at Nevada. I remember looking at his uh, ro- last roster at Nevada right after he got hired, and, and I wanted to say it was something like 10 or 11 guys were were transfers on his roster, guys that didn't start out at Nevada. So He's done this. He's done it, you know, at the professional level. He likes to talk about when he was in the the D League or the G League, as it's called now, and you would have guys called up and sent back down, you know, on a daily basis, and you never knew who you were going to have. And so he had to adjust on the fly, and I think that experience really helps him, and he's got the experience at the college level. Uh, So that gives me a little bit more reason for optimism uh, with this team moving forward, even though there are so many new pieces. So what is the optimism? Because let's be honest, even uh, under Mike Anderson, there was reasons to be optimistic about the NC, you know, make it to the NCAA tournament. There was those expectations, and they did it on occasion. But it's really about the second week, and I know a lot of Razorback fans have been focused on. So in comparing that, what is the excitement level? What is the expectation going to be for this year's team? Because I think the tournament is a, a for sure thing, at least as far as that goes. But with the excitement and hype surrounding this team, I think Razorback fans are going to want more. Yeah, I think they want that Sweet 16. I mean, it's been since 1996 uh, that they, they've been on a drought. And I think that Arkansas fans are fully expecting that uh, to end. I, I think that's a totally reasonable expectation. I think Arkansas is going to be a preseason top 25 team or right there on the, on the edge. Uh, if they are a preseason top 25, it'll be the first time in 13 years and only the second time in the last 20 years. Uh, so it's it's been a while since there's been this kind of expectation surrounding Arkansas. I mean, obviously the, the Bobby Portis, Michael Qualls year, the second year those guys were together, uh, was pretty highly anticipated. They weren't even preseason ranked. But there's just something about this team. They're so deep. If you look at all these guys, they're they're highly regarded recruits. I mean, these aren't just in-state kids that Arkansas fans know about, but these are national recruits, guys that were top 150, top 100 recruits that schools across the country were aware of and wanted to get to their schools. So to get them all here in, in one group, adding in a guy like Isaiah Joe, getting a guy back, you know, Desi Sills, that's, you know, kind of a veteran guy on the team now. So I think that there are expectations, not just in Arkansas, but even from some of these guys that are putting out preseason top 25s. So knowing all of that, I guess, I guess the thing becomes of what role is Isaiah Joe going to play on this team? Because we know last year he, it was him and Mason Jones, and when him and Mason Jones were on the court at the same time or at least playing in the same game, it, it was always really good chances for Arkansas to win. And then now this year, you don't have Mason Jones, but you still have Isaiah Joe, but it's not just Isaiah Joe anymore. Like, there seems to be a lot of guys that are going to be on this team that, I mean, I'm not saying that they won't play well together, but they're going to want to get their points and get their minutes too. So do you see Isaiah Joe's role changing as far as what he did last year to what he's going to be on this year's team? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if his scoring stays relatively the same. I think he averaged just under 17 points, something like that, uh, last season. Uh, but 
I would I bet his efficiency is going to go up. I mean, his his shooting percentage, he shot over 40% from three-point range as a freshman, and it dipped down into the 30s, uh, was not particularly impressive uh, from a percentage standpoint. Obviously, from a volume standpoint, it was still really good because he led the SEC with, I think, 94 three-pointers. I would expect his percentage to go back up. I think teams aren't going to be able to focus on just him. I think they're going to have to to take care of a – you know, Moses Moody or a Vance Jackson or a Justin Smith or, you know, these other guys, they're, they're going to have much uh, other other people to worry about. They're not going to be able to focus in on one or two guys like they did last year with Mason and Isaiah. So I think the role is going to change. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be more of a leader this year, too. Uh, last year, that was Mason. He was the guy. I, I think Isaiah is going to kind of be the guy this year, even if his numbers don't dramatically increase I would be surprised if he averages 22 points a game like Mason did uh, just because there's going to be a lot more options and they're going to be able to spread it out a little bit more uh, than they did last year where where Mason kind of had to take uh, take and carry the load pretty much all year we'll continue our discussion with Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com here in just a second but first folks rockauto.com is the place to go if you need anything for your vehicle. That's right. They got it all. Not just for all you do-it-yourselfers, but also for stuff that you could just use easily in the interior, like cup holders. Maybe you got a little bit of a worn-out gear shift. They have it all. So visit rockauto.com to check it out. It's a family business, and they've been serving auto park customers online for 20 years. And rockauto.com is the only shop for auto and body parts where you can get hundreds of selections from different manufacturers. It also has a unique catalog that's unique that's not only unique but also remarkably easy to navigate and best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and it is the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts at any of these big box stores? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you right here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Again, that's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, Andrew, uh, let's switch it up and move over to the football side of things because since last time we were able to catch up, we didn't really have an idea of what college football was going to look like, and I don't know if we still totally do. But at this point in time, we at least know that the SEC has moved to a 10-game conference schedule. We know that uh, Arkansas and other teams are going to be awaiting on who those extra two SEC games are going to be against. It seems like there's just a lot of questions. September 26th looks to be the start date, but – just out of your gut feeling and everything you've been hearing and covering and seeing from all of college football around the land, I mean, are you still confident that it'll happen this year? And if so, how do you feel like the 10-game conference schedule will go for Arkansas? Yeah, I think this is just my gut feeling at this point, but I think we're going to get a season. Uh, are they going to be able to play the full 10-game schedule as it's laid out, you know, whenever we do get the schedule? I'm a little bit more iffy on that. It would not surprise me if we see uh, cancellations. You know, they're obviously building in some open dates to hopefully reschedule games, but there's obviously going to be times where you can't reschedule everything. I mean, I think we're seeing that a little bit with Major League Baseball, all these cancellations. You can only have so many double headers and things like that when you're trying to fit in a 
a certain amount of games in a, in a, a small window. And that's kind of like what we're doing with football is there's like this 12 week window to get 10 games in. And, uh, I, I would be, I would be pleasantly surprised if they get the full 10 games in as for how it affects Arkansas. I mean, it ain't good. I mean, to be quite honest, uh, they Arkansas, I've seen some fans, obviously you see it like on Facebook and even some on Twitter, you know, fans are like, Oh, well I see at least four wins on the schedule. I'm like, man, what have you been watching the last two, three years? They've won one of their last 25 SEC games. One. And even that required the biggest comeback in school history. I mean, they are this close to being uh, riding a 25-game SEC losing streak. And uh, it's, it's going to be tough for Sam Pittman to, to come in and get the ship turned around that quickly. I think, honestly, if they can just win – one game, it would be a step in the right direction because that means you've you've broken the SEC losing streak, and you you've kind of taught your guys how to win a game. I mean, that, a lot of these guys on the team have never won an SEC game, so it that's what you got to focus on first is is just getting one win out of the way. If you can win a second game, then that would be fantastic. Obviously, you, you hope you maybe get a Vanderbilt or South Carolina out of the East. Uh, but knowing Arkansas's luck, you know, you're probably going to get Florida and Georgia. So we'll see how it lays out, uh, you know, how the, you know, where the bye weeks fall, you know, where, what kind of rest you have versus the other team, you know, things like that. Uh, but if, if, if they can just win one game and avoid an 0 and 10 season, because Arkansas in since beginning football in 1894, they have never had a winless season. And uh, unfortunately it looks like a distinct possibility if they play a, a full 10 game slate. Yeah, and that was actually going to be my next question because, you know, I I feel like depending on how the schedule plays out and bye weeks, as you mentioned, I think Arkansas could win some. Anyone that says they're going to do any better than four wins is, I think, just, I don't know, I'm with you, like, what have you been watching? But I still believe there's a, a sense of optimism and also... I don't, I don't think Sam Pittman's ever going to look at it this way. But in a sense, it may be like one of those things where it's like, okay, this year, given the circumstances, given the fact that people just want to see football, it, he was going to get more or less a pass anyway. But now it's almost like I feel like there's more people going to be a, hey, Sam Pittman probably has it worse than anybody, what he's having to go up against, what he's having to do. So this season – yeah, it's just it's just going to be. Let's just get through it. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just see how it goes. But it's almost like, you know, not many people are going to be expecting much out of Sam Pittman because it's hard to imagine a coach in a first year at a major program having more go against him than Sam Pittman. Exactly. I mean, you, you get no spring football. You don't get to implement a new offense with Kendall Bryles, a new defense with Barry Odom. You don't get the the time with you got Felipe Franks coming in as a grad transfer. He was going to be here and go through spring, which appeared to be a great thing for Arkansas, but don't get that. It's just – it's it's really tough. I mean, if, if you're looking for some silver lining, at least they're still planning on starting fall camp on Friday where you're going to have – instead of just, you know, I think it was going to be like four weeks of fall camp, you're going to get like six or seven weeks of fall camp now. It's a bigger window. You're going to be able to, to fit more stuff in. You're not going to have to have, you know, just so much at once. It's going to, you're going to be able to bring guys along a little bit slower than you would normally. Uh, so maybe that helps out some of the freshman guys that can come in and, and contribute right away. Uh, even the guys that enrolled early, like they, were, they thought they were going to get some, uh, a head start, but they didn't. Maybe they will, in fact, get the benefits 
uh, from a uh, extended fall camp. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to see, and I'm sure Sam Pittman's hoping to see it, but it just seems like every time we've got a chance to talk to him or hear from him, he, he is such a, quote, football guy. Like, I just feel like he doesn't want any of the extra stuff that comes along with it. He just wants to coach football, and it's almost like a – I'm not saying like Chad Morris was different from that necessarily because I think all coaches at the end of the day, we just want to coach football, but it seems like he's just wired in a way to where he doesn't know how to do anything else, and he doesn't want to do anything else. He just wants to coach football. So it's almost like if we, we want to hear comments from Sam Pibbin, like, hey, all this stuff going against you, man. How's, how, how do you feel? He has no self-pity or any cautionary tales or anything. It's more just, listen, guys, I just want to coach football, and which I think is a great like, breath of fresh air for Arkansas because that's all they want to see. They don't want to see anybody come up with fun cliches or be present on social media doing dances and all that, they just want someone that will coach football. And I think going through all this, that's ultimately what Sam Pittman just wants to do is, yeah, he wants to be cautious. He wants to make sure they're taking care of business. But he also just wants to coach football. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's bounced around to, I don't know, 15 schools it seems like. I I saw where uh, Sam Pittman uh, tweeted an anniversary tweet to his wife, and I think it said something like 16 moves in 30-something years. I mean, it was – it was almost a move every two years. And if you're doing that, that shows you that you truly love what you're doing. And it's not like he was bouncing around from head coaching job to head coaching job, getting paid millions and millions of dollars. I mean, this is a guy that was an offensive line coach and he kind of in the shadows. I mean, you don't really hear a lot about offensive line coaches. I mean, you could probably ask Arkansas fans uh, who the last couple of head coaches are and they'd be able to tell you, you know, Dustin Fry and, Kurt Anderson, but that's only because they struggled since Sam Pittman left. I bet not very many could tell you who the offensive line coach was before Sam Pittman. To be honest, I don't think I could tell you who it was. So to, for him to, to, to do that through you know, a couple of decades, uh, coaching offensive line and, and just being a football coach, that, that shows you that he, he literally, as you said, just wants to coach football. This is what he does. This is what he lives and breathes. And uh, he's, he just wants to get to the season and, and be able to hopefully, you know, coach and, and even just be around the players. I know that was something he talked about early on uh, during the pandemic was he, it was weird for him not being able to be around the players on a daily basis, having to just do Zoom meetings and things like that. You know, he wanted to be, you know, in, in the weight room, you know, high-fiving guys and, and being around them, and, and he hasn't been able to do that. And I think he's ready for that to get here so he can get back to what he's used to. Do you think there'll be fans in the stands at Arkansas games this football season? You know, I hope so. Even if it is just 25%, like Hunter Yurichek said the other day. But I just – I get more pessimistic about it every day. You know, I, I just – hopefully we see a good positive trend before September 26th, uh, and, and we will be able to have fans in the stands. But, I mean, I bet that – it's probably going to be, be tough for, for them to get fans in the stands. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I've been trying to be as optimistic as possible, which I think is important in, in a regard of like, hey, listen, this is what we do for a living. So we kind of need the content and kind of need what, what all's going on there. But as far as fans in the stands, to me it almost like it would be nice, 
but it's not important to me. It's and as selfish as that may make it sound, I just want to have football and I'm fine with watching it on the SEC network or ESPN or whatever every week. I'm fine with not traveling up to Fayetteville and not battling through the traffic as much as I love doing it. And I know you love doing it too, Andrew. There's some sort of fun, exhilarating excitement being able to walk into that stadium and have uh, football in the air. But if it means us having to be able to cover football and all of that, let's not even risk it. Let's not even go across it. Let's just have it to where it's on TV. We can all watch it on TV. We can all see the same stuff on TV. And then if we need to do a Zoom conference with the coach after the game, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched a few of the, the Major League Baseball games. And, you know, I know NBA just recently started up. Haven't had a chance to watch one of those games yet. But they're playing without fans. And, you know, it it's still a good product. I mean, it's still entertaining. I think the athletes are still going to go out there and play just as hard as they would, uh, you know, if there were fans in the stands. Obviously, that maybe helps a little bit. Maybe gives you a little bit more adrenaline, adds to it. I mean, you, you've been to a, a bunch of Razorback games, too, and know what it's like whenever it's, you know, 70 plus thousand in the stands and it's, you, know, you get amped up and everything. It's going to be a little bit different, but I think they'll still be out there and, and able to play. They'll be able to pipe in music. So it'll still be loud. Uh, so I, I think it would be a, uh, it would be a different experience, but as you said, it, it's, it's really just for TV. That's where the schools make their money. That's where you know, everyone, you know, it wants to be able to have the, the programming to watch on the weekends. That's what I want. Uh, so I, I think it would be okay. It wouldn't be a big deal as long as, as long as we get football. That, that's the big thing. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm just wanting the sport to return. We all need it to return, and I think all the coaches are on board uh, with it returning as well. Now, before I let you get out of here, Andrew, I, I'm, since we've been talking about it, I'm curious because everyone's got a hot take on this stuff, and it seems like, you know, just like always, social media, and it's always terrible, and everyone takes everything, uh, you know, out of context, whatever it is. But in your honest opinion – how do you feel like college football and the athletic directors and the commissioners and the coaches and everybody, how do you feel like they've handled the circumstances thus far? I think, I mean, speaking on just the SEC, because that's the one I follow the, the closest, uh, you know, covering Arkansas, I feel like they've done as good of a job as they could. It, it's been extremely difficult. There's no playbook for this. This has never happened before. I mean, maybe if you count the 1918 season with the flu epidemic uh you know more than 100 years ago but no one's around from that period so you, you don't really have anyone to lean on that can provide guidance and everything so it's it's been really tough and I, I feel like they've done a good job they're still you know considering the student athlete safety they're not just coming at it and being like well we have to play football regardless because we have to make money I mean I, everyone understands there's the financial aspect to it but they're also being extremely safe and cautious. And, you know, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's a, an outbreak of cases or something, you're going to see games canceled because they're not going to put student athletes at risk. And, you know, the, the risk is probably minimal for, you know, student athletes that are in great physical shape to get extremely sick. But there's every once in a while a, a case of someone, you know, getting getting sick I mean there was a I was reading before I got on here there was there's an offensive line an offensive lineman in Indiana who is uh, had been in and out of the ER and now has some heart problems stemming from it so you know all it takes is just one 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 person one student athlete to get super sick and then it just looks really bad uh, I think the the schools are trying to weigh the risk of that 
versus, you know, the risk of what happens if there is no football season. Because I think the financial fallout of that would be absolutely devastating to the college model as we know it. So there's really no good answer to it. But all things considered, I, I feel like they've done a decent job of, of trying to come up with the best answers that they possibly can. That's Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. You can follow him at NWA Hutch on Twitter to see all the stuff they have going on at hogbeat.com. Andrew, as always, man, it's always fun talking with you, being able to get closer and closer to football being here. I know it's something we both look forward to, and hopefully it happens here very soon. The next time we can catch up, we can actually start breaking down the roster and fun stuff like that. But uh, as always, man, we appreciate it, and we'll be catching up with you, all right? Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 